0: of Disney's greatest characters. Immersive Disney Animation is now open at Lighthouse Artspace Las Vegas at the Shops at Crystals. Tickets at DisneyImmersive.com. Brought to you by the producers of Immersive Van Gogh.
1: The views and opinions expressed in the
2: following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily reflect those of station staff, management, and advertisers. It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits. Here's Brian Shapiro.
3: All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, Happy Thursday. You know, it feels like Tuesday because I wasn't here Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Neither was Guy David. I'm all messed uh, up. Yes, we're all messed up. Uh, People could argue that we're messed up uh, every day. But anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. It is Thursday. We're going to have a lot of fun today, talk about some serious topics. Uh, Some of the Republicans out there are still saying that uh, Hunter Biden left cocaine in the White House. We'll probably get to that. But uh, Did you see the betting? Oh, there's betting now? On there's who-
4: favorites. Oh, really? We'll have to talk about that. Hunter Biden's plus 200. Travis Kelsey's a good long shot at plus 1,300. Angelina Jolie and the Jonas Brothers yeah. come in there what about as long Don- shots I- my, too. Money,
3: my money's on the long shot Don Jr. But anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Hour number two, uh, NBA 12-year veteran and 20-year coach Paul McKeskey, the seven-footer, is going to be joining us in studio. Uh, it appears as though Adam Silver is going to be having this Final Four midseason tournament In Vegas, it looks like this is going to happen. So we'll talk to Paul McKeskey about that and preview NBA Summer League. But, you know, I have some some great people in studio. I have some people that uh, I'm fans of, maybe people I'm not fans of, but... I'll tell you who I'm a fan. I'm a fan of anybody who serves this country honorably. Uh, the guy we have in studio is certainly no exception to that. His name is Alan Bigelow. He's running for Assembly District 5. Not only is he a retired Army vet, um, he's a former cop firefighter. Uh, I have the utmost respect for him. And even though we might not agree on everything, uh, you know, as we were just talking off the air, I vote on uh the kind of person you are first and then we can worry about all the other stuff later alan joins us right now in studio who again i have a tremendous amount of respect for alan thank you so much for being here my friend it's good to see you how are you it's good to be here again brian thanks for having me we both go to the same barber that's another reason why i like yeah, him as the- well yes <laughs> good to see you alan God, it's it's that studly looking guy you guy, know? You know, good guy, job. guy with his full you know, well i wouldn't say full head of
4: hair but you do have hair i am far from a full head of hair <laughs> that's true <laughs> these widow peaks that's
3: geez. true all right, so Alan, a lot to get to in, uh, this hour. Let me start by asking you this. Why did you decide to run for District 5?
5: Well, I, I've run in the past. Uh, I've learned a lot of things as, as I've progressed through different campaigns. I got involved specifically to, to be a servant. Um, and in the last election, uh, I continued to help several candidates. Many of them came very, very close to winning. And when people found out that that's exactly what I was doing, I was being a servant, I was being a you know person for the for the people and for our families. That they, they said, "Listen, you know, you really need to step up again."
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And I was like, "You know, it's a tough arena, guys. You know, it, it, let me think about it. Let me just give it some thought."
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, after after some thought and after uh, some good reflection and, and talking with my family and uh, uh, letting them know, I mean, because. You know, family—it takes away family time. It's it's, sure. it's a sacrifice not only for our candidate but for the family as well. So, uh, we had a good discussion about it, and and I uh, agreed to step
3: up. And here you are, and um, here we are. Let's talk a little bit about the local landscape, landscape, and then you know we'll talk about some national issues sure. with you that affect not just Nevada but the entire country. Locally, you're as a Republican. How do you feel about Mike McDonald, and how do you feel about? him not even answering a basic question from the FBI, which is, were you a part of the fake electorate scheme? Were you a part of that? And he pleads the fifth. This is the chair of the Republican Party. You as a Republican, how do you feel about that?
5: Yeah, You know, it's a a question that uh, I'm I'm really not dealing with right now because I'm really focused on my campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it takes a lot to do a campaign, and I really have to stay focused on that. Uh, Mike has has been uh, the chair for quite a while. I don't know what he's done in the past. And uh, I think, you know, whatever comes up there is going to be up to him to solve.
1: Do
3: you feel like our democracy has been attacked by the Jim Marchants of the world? People out there, local and national, that are not only not willing to admit that Trump lost the 2020 election, but Democrats cheated. You know, uh, again, I mentioned fake electorate schemes mm-hmm. here and there uh the the conversations that trump had with raffensperger just do you, uh, as someone you serve this country right so that we have the freedom you risked your life yep. so that we have and i asked all veterans this question so that we have the right to vote or not vote and and uh, how do you feel about uh i guess i would use the term for lack of a better term election deniers in general
5: you know in the elections there could very easily have been some irregularities um but the reality was, is, is our people just didn't come out to vote as much as they should have. Uh, the weather here in Nevada was horrible that day, and, and it sucked. Um, the results came in as the results came in, and I had to I had to bear that you know in a primary. Um, it's possible there were some irregularities, but really out in the reality, when you look at the numbers of voters and the numbers of the turnouts, uh, I don't I'm not sure that that's the case.
4: Right. Irregularities know. meaning few meaning, and far between, right? Yeah, you I may mean have maybe somebody got an
5: extra ballot and right, they didn't turn it in, but nothing that, that would have changed
3: the outcome of the election.
5: You're talking, you're talking just a micro amount of a yeah. percentage in that, and so for me to deny the election results, I, I can't personally do that,
3: right? And 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 listen. There are extremes on both sides, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it seems like the extremes on the right are are doing that. And, and you know, you're running for office, and mm-hmm. you know, the Kerry Lakes of the world will probably sure. run again. And and you know, they're I mean delusional you know, is the word when, I would use. when
5: you look at it, you know, if if we're talking about accountability, there's really simple ways to make it accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we can put a serial number on a dollar bill. Why can't we do it on a on a ballot? Mm-hmm. You know,
3: that that yeah. takes
5: into every accountable vote. Yeah. Then,
3: and I understand that. The, the, the things that I'm going to bring up with you are not what you're focused in your campaign on. And I get that, right, right. but I'm going to bring this up because you're Republican, even mm-hmm. though I don't put you in the category of extreme Republicans or MAGAs, for mm-hmm. example. But I am going to bring these topics up because I want to get your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, when I put on Fox News or Newsmax or if it's Jim Jordan or Ron DeSantis or whoever, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, what are they talking about? They're talking about gender identity. They're mm-hmm. talking about critical race theory. They're talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm-hmm. Do you ever talk about those topics?
5: I do. Uh, as far as CRT, I'm absolutely opposed to it. Uh, we don't need to be programming our children. We need to teach them simple things reading, writing, uh, English, mm-hmm. getting the grammar proper. I mean, how many people do you know that can't use two, two, and two, mm-hmm. whether it's a TO or a TOO or a TWO? When they write a paragraph, let's get back to some basic stuff here. Let's not get into these crazy fringes. Let's teach them the simple things so that they can succeed and then they can compete in the world market because that's what we have to do to bring our kids up. So I don't necessarily
3: disagree with you, but when people bring up critical race theory, I say, can you name me one teacher in the Clark County School District that's teaching our kids critical race theory? I just don't think it's happening, and if it is, out of the 300,000 teachers – uh, could there be a few, I suppose? It's happening at college universities with some professors, but mm-hmm. I guess when I talk to some people, they make it sound like critical race theory is being taught to our 14 and 15-year-old kids every day in school, and I just don't think that's the case. Am I wrong? I've seen several teachers
5: actually get up in the school board and testify to the fact that that's a very similar program to what they're teaching. Uh, it was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I was I was very, very disappointed in those teachers because my parents were teachers and I know my the people I grew up with here in Las Vegas, their parents were teachers. Mm-hmm. And in talking to those teachers and those administrators from the past, they they would never go to work for the Clark County School District now. Mm-hmm. And and absolutely would refuse to teach the curriculum.
3: Um, is there something wrong with Teaching kids, hey, slavery existed. This is when it happened. This is when it ended. Uh, yes, Martin Luther King did this. Yes, systemic racism has existed. Here are some examples of it. Do you, are you opposed to that? What part of critical race theory are you opposed yeah, to? I the, guess that's one. The, the
5: the the racing of the history part is is a big thing because we end up doing things uh, that are lessons that, are, that teach us that our equality is real and it should exist. Right. It teaches us that you excel. On your on your ability not just because I'm white or I'm purple or I'm green or whatever the case is I see i I work hard I live the American dream and I've earned it you know i and in my case you know I spent 24 years in the army to defending that that notion
3: and I totally am with you, you know? but do you feel like you maybe i don't I don't want maybe I shouldn't use the term white privilege but sometimes I do do you feel like maybe that you had an advantage over perhaps minorities in this country that maybe absolutely
5: you- not really? I, grew, I grew up on the east side of las vegas in a trailer park
1: mm-hmm.
5: the trailer park's gone <laughs> you know it took my parents working two jobs and sometimes three jobs and having to go back to school suffering through two divorces as mm-hmm. my parents to get to even yeah. go to school
0: and I am, be, be, yeah, I am not insinuating,
3: yeah. I am not insinuating, Alan, that you didn't have to work hard. No, no, no. To get and to and I at. understand that. And and I and I totally uh, admire what you've done in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a hero, and I would never oh, take that I, away from I, I don't know about a hero. Well, but, you are. Yeah. I would say anybody that serves this country and risks their life is a hero. But with that said, I guess, do you believe systemic racism exists, and why is it that people that are minorities, people that are black? are not paid the same as people that are white doing the exact same jobs as a whole. When you look at our justice system, when you look at our jail systems, mm-hmm. you would agree that the systemic racism does exist in society, no?
5: You know, I, I don't know that it's systemic. I think in it's individual cases that get uh, exemplified. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
5: And and it's more that I think, you know, we've bred a group across the board. mm mm-hmm who have become dependent upon the government. And, and, and not understanding the benefits that they actually have, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily focus on the things that help them to succeed.
4: N- Nationally, I'll get to your Here campaign you. in a second. I feel like Joe Biden's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a big opportunity for Republicans. And I personally feel like they're missing a boat a bit, trying to appeal to their base too much with this cultural war stuff they're going through instead of focusing on the issues like inflation and the economy and other stuff going around America, which could be a vulnerability to the Democrats. But all I hear about is this cultural war. I don't know if there's enough right now that would overturn Joe Biden. I haven't seen enough from the Republicans. Am I wrong? Do they need to focus more on the policies or is this – that big a deal, this cultural war amongst the amongst the American people.
5: I think both sides uh, could focus on, on the basics. I think, you know, bringing out cultural wars and bringing out individual specific issues. Like, for example, we see Cortez Masto always pounding, uh, just pounding it out as abortion, abortion, abortion. You know what? What about the rest of our kids? What about the rest of our families? What about, you know, the people that come in looking for the American dream? How about we get focused on those guys? How about we start thinking, because in Nevada, for example, an abortion was already legal. And so for her to continue to pound that message into Americans. Well, I
3: think part of that is political. It is. But I think it's also a big issue. And it was and the it, number two issue on most uh, voters' minds in the 2022 uh, midterms. And but it was of, made that way.
5: But I, was but who, but who was it specifically.
3: Right, but who was it made by? Uh, it was why, made, did, why was Roe versus Wade overturned? Who made that an issue to begin with? It wasn't Democrats. No. It was Republicans.
5: But in that light, the same light, Nevada's always had that protection. They've I had agree it for many, with you. For many, many years. I and, agree with you. And so it wasn't a real issue here. And we lost track of the real issues in this last election because they focused on something that had no basis in Nevada. It
3: wasn't a real issue here, but if Republicans controlled the state of Nevada, uh, I believe that uh, abortion would be illegal throughout the country. If, if uh, you know, mm-hmm. you look at the states where abortion is illegal. So I do understand with what you're saying, mm-hmm. beating a dead horse on it. But at the same time, there's a lot of women out there that are scared and they're afraid that, and, and I don't speak for all women, but I, I've talked to a lot of women that right. are saying, listen, I'm afraid that, you know, middle-aged men that are Republicans are going to take my right away to have an abortion. Well- I think that is a fair concern.
5: I I can understand the concern, but I understand also, too, that we have to protect women's health. Mm -hmm. We have to protect individual rights. Mm -hmm. We have to protect the people in general. And when we focus on just one issue, a lot of things get put off the side, and a lot of things get overlooked that will bring about the real changes we need to make. What
4: happened to Republicans in the midterms, in your opinion? Did Roe versus Wade play a part in that?
5: In the midterm... There because was, that
4: that wasn't a red wave like many predicted. No, it
5: really wasn't. And and I think what happened is the Republicans just didn't counter the claims that were made. It was a very simple thing. Um, they they looked at it, and they looked at what was coming out, and unfortunately, there were many issues that were not addressed. Um, and I don't know why. You know, the the individual candidates didn't do something or say something about it, but that was their choice and, and the think results the came in. Weak? I don't think the candidates were weak. I think I think that uh,
4: I think
3: some were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know,
5: you know, some of them too. So you know, I'm going to let that one sit. Um, But I I think you know that it could have been a a hundred things. You know, and and the reality is, uh, I focused on my race for city council. I did the best I could. I got beat. Not
3: ashamed of that. Um, You can admit it. Yeah, I, I I was beat.
5: But you didn't I'm, say
3: any things in your campaign, in my personal opinion, that were crazy. I mm-hmm. won't mention well, names, because I don't want to put you in that position. No, you But can. when you have a Republican, oh, you don't mind if I, I don't do? not care. I mean, you can name who you, you want When you have somebody to. like Segal Chata, mm-hmm. who says she wants her opponent hanging from a poll. When you have Jim Marchant, who talks about the cabal, mm-hmm. and talking about the elections. Sure. That's the definition of crazy. Uh, but our, you
5: didn't hear that coming out of me.
3: No, I, I know you did And that was didn't. the point. But But when he asked you, you know... Why did Republicans not do as well as they had hoped? Because of people like Jim Marchant and sigal Chata mm-hmm. and Michelle Fiore. Uh, in my part, they make despicable statements. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michelle Fiore, for lack of a better term, forgive me, slut shamed Amy Tarkanian, the former chair of the Republican mm-hmm. Party, because she didn't support her. Those people need to go, and if I'm a Republican like yourself, I say to, uh, you know, and I don't, I'm don't, i not speaking for you, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm running for office, I say, we don't want those people in our party. We don't want them like McDonald's. We don't want the Jim Marchant's the Sigal Chatters, the Michelle Fiore's. They're bad for our party. Mm-hmm. If we're going to defeat the Democrats, we need to be reasonable people who need to transcend to middle America, independence, and maybe even some Democrats. That's just me. I mean, if I'm a Republican, that's how I win.
5: Then what do you do with
3: people like OAC and uh, they're also they're also extremes to the left. But you're trying to win as a Republican.
5: Well, and that's the thing. I stay in my lane. I stay focused on my race. Right. The peripheral is the peripheral. You have it everywhere you go. Sure. You have it in in radio. We talked about that a little bit, you know, off air. Yep. You get extremes on everywhere, but that's not me. Right. And and you know we've had plenty of conversations and i know that where,
3: and i know that's not you, so but it's your so party it's, but it's your it's, party
5: it is well and yeah. you get it in both parties and you get it in the independent parties and you get it in the, in the libertarian parties and
3: you get it all across I'm gonna, the board i'm gonna push back on a little bit of what Go ahead, you said, yeah okay i didn't see a democrat running for office in the state of nevada that said that they wanted their republican opponent hanging from a pole i didn't see a democrat mm-hmm. in the state of nevada that talked about the cabal or said the elections were mm-hmm. rigged are there some extremes on the left Absolutely, I just I don't see AOC calling people Nazis left and mm-hmm. right. It, 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 do I think some of her views are way too far to the left? Do I think some of Bernie Sanders' views and Ilhan Omar's views, yeah. who I would never yeah. vote for, are they too far to the left? A hundred percent. Yeah, especially
5: I, when AOC comes out, says, so, "Oh, we need term limits for the, the Supreme Court." Yes, that's an earned position. Those guys have I worked just, their entire life to have that spot. So
3: I agree with you, but here's where I think the point that I'm making. We can disagree on some of the policy statements she's mm-hmm. made, but she's not wishing people to die. She's not calling people Nazis. Oh,
5: I've heard AOC say some pretty crazy things like that. But uh, the thing is.
3: I think
4: she's extreme to the left. Yeah,
3: she, she is. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she she is. is.
5: You're going to yeah. have an extreme in every world. Mm-hmm. You know, You're going to have extremes wherever you go. The, the idea is to find the candidates that fit the seat the best and put them there.
4: But you're right. The rhetoric
5: you know? on
3: the right is The rhetoric can be very extreme. Okay, absolutely. well, let me ask you another question. And mm-hmm. right now, if I asked you nationally, who is the face of the Republican Party, what would be your answer?
5: You know, that's a good question because I really haven't given it a lot of thought. It's not Donald know?
3: Trump?
4: It has to be Donald
5: he's, he's Trump. He's killing you know, it in every it has poll. To be he, Trump. He's doing great in the polls. You yeah. got Ron DeSantis doing great in the polls. You got a whole stable full of people that are just begging to step up well i think rob's um, going
4: backwards right now you
5: know and the, yeah and he could very well be i haven't looked at the polls like i said i'm i'm so focused on my race right now i'm fundraising for my race in and in a, you know getting the issues handled for for district five in las vegas that stuff's peripheral for me and and it's just yeah. really not even on my radar right now
3: Donald Trump's not on your mind. I understand that. Not at all. Um, he's on a lot of yeah. other minds like mine, but he's yeah. a, and I understand that. Okay, so let's talk about some more issues sure. that affect people locally and nationally. Uh, student loan forgiveness. All right. Um, your thoughts on what the Supreme Court decided, Joe Biden's side of it. Most Democrats agree with student loan forgiveness. There's a lot of Republicans mm-hmm. that disagree with it, and mm-hmm. the Supreme Court shuts it down. What's your thoughts on that?
5: If I loan you a hundred bucks, should I expect you to pay me back?
3: Okay, let me answer well, that. Your classic argument, yeah. Let me let me answer that's that question. It's a, a
5: simple, yeah, it's a simple thing. You let me agree answer, to the debt,
3: sure. Let me answer that question by asking mm-hmm. you another. What about all the Republicans out there that are against student loan debt but had no problem accepting PPP loans and they forgave their loans? What would you say to them? And again, if they're able to pay it back, they should. Sam Peters is a perfect example of that. He's, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, listen, served his country. Serve Have the, country. the utmost respect for that. But if you're going to be a champion of Student loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. I'm way against it. But yet his own business, the man has money, okay? You okay. can't convince me that he had to get that PPP loan, but he took it anyway. And a loan that he didn't have to pay back. Right. I call that a hypocrite. Am I wrong? Well, it was a
5: program that was designed to ensure the success of businesses during COVID. And it was legally done and legally applied for. Mm-hmm. I know there's some people out there that have been... Um, they they stretched the definition of their eligibility. I guess is the best word to use, and and they're paying for it now. You know there was, there was uh, somebody out in Knight County that got spanked for it. He took the money, didn't mm-hmm. do what it, you know, didn't disclose how you know, you know, the case
3: was, and he got spanked
4: for well, it. Br- Brian, where are you at so, on the people that already paid their student loans back?
3: Um, I think that's the attitude of, and listen, people will disagree on this of, well, I had to, I had to suffer through it. So now you have to suffer through it. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people that says, if there's a way that the government can help you, if you're struggling and you could show proof that you're struggling, uh, we spend a lot of money and waste a lot of money on a lot of things in this country. I think that would actually help the economy. It would boost the economy. It would give people a shot in the arm to say, man, I don't have to make that three or $400 payment a month. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there that say, I had to struggle through it, so you have to struggle through it. That's not how society works. At least to me, that's not how it should work. I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, Joe Biden's trying to, you know, under $75,000 a year income to wipe away uh, student loan debt forgiveness. And yet with the PPP loans, the uh, the top 20%, the people like the Sam Peters of the world were getting those PPP loans. And then their response is, well, you know, I needed to pay my employees. I don't want to hear the reasoning why you took it. Okay because you don't want to hear the reasoning of, not you, but <laughs> but but people don't want to hear the reasoning of why uh, people in their early to mid-20s want student loan forgiveness, then I don't want to hear your reasoning why you took the PPP loan. So that's to answer that question.
5: Well, you know, it, and, and I don't have an issue with that people having student loans. Mm-hmm. You know, my son has a student loan. He's paying it back. Right. Um,
3: so you're against it. You're against I'm, it.
5: Yeah. You know, I think there's other ways that we can give government assistance in schools. Mm-hmm. You know, student loan forgiveness from past debt that people have already i mean they're all out there working if they went in and got a, a degree in underwater basket weaving and they didn't look at the market of <laughs> right. that you know that underwater job basket, ability okay. you know i'm, I'm going to use that yeah i'm going to use that and i'm going to go make underwater baskets for i don't know mm. finding nemo or something right you know yeah i mean did you really intend on going to school to learn something or did you really just want to go hang out
3: I I understand that there are exceptions and and there are people out there that maybe would take advantage of it, and I I certainly don't doubt that. But then let me ask you this question then. Again, as a whole, Democrats are for food stamps, for welfare. Uh, For the most part, I think they're helping the poor. Mm -hmm. Republicans would characterize that as just giving people free handouts. So I ask you, what do we do with the problems in this society of people that are struggling to make it, that are living paycheck to paycheck? Maybe they're working two or three jobs. What government programs do you support Whether it's helping people in Las Vegas or wherever in this country, people that are struggling financially, how can we help them and how can the government help them, if at all?
5: Well, you know, one of the programs they just eliminated in the assembly uh, in this past session, and it was very unfortunate that they did, was the school lunch programs. The kids go to school, free lunch. You know what? Every kid needs to eat. They need, and some of them, that's the only meal that they're going to get. And I absolutely support that program. Because, and it's already on the books, you know. It just got eliminated this last round. But kids need to eat so they keep their focus for school. You know, as, as your sugar drops, mm-hmm. your focus loses, you know, moment or loses your yep. attention. Yep. Um, and I know that as a first responder. I see it. I treat, you know, blood sugar issues all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, student loans, I, absolutely. If you're going to get a student loan, let's get something that's going to be focused on the future, whether it's in a trade school, whether it's in a junior college or in an Ivy League, it doesn't matter. Let's figure it out. Let's get people on track mother, to where they're making solid and, decisions sure. and informed decisions. And I
3: agree with with what you talked about with the mm-hmm. student lunches. I couldn't agree yeah. more with that. But what do we do with a single mother raising children mm-hmm. who's working three jobs, making ends meet, maybe thirty thousand a year income? Yeah, I know that. Are world. you are you right? Are you okay with the government assisting, whether it be food stamps or welfare? Or housing, are you okay with the government and assisting that woman and helping them? They should
5: absolutely have some kind of an assistance. They should always be, it should be designed as a step or a hand up, not a hand out, so that they can continue to succeed. They can continue to develop. They should be allowed. I would be in, in, in that kind of a case if the mom wants to go to college and she can, I mean, she's got kids at home and all that. There's, you know, online learning now. You know what? If if we can provide you know schools yeah. for that, and we can provide training yeah. for that, and we can do all of that uh, in in any kind of a deferment or any kind of a program that that yeah. lets her get ahead and helps her get ahead. Sure. You know, my mom was a single mom for eight nine years. Mm-hmm. You know, two kids.
3: Uh, you know, it was tough. She worked. She worked. You know what it's like to grow up. I, I grew up in that. So so let me ask you this then: since you know. You're not someone that grew with the silver spoon. No, not in his even mouth. close. Okay, so you're the perfect. Okay, so you're the perfect person to ask this question. Then, tax breaks for the rich, for the most part, mm-hmm. Republicans in office, like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. like the George W. Bushes of the sure. world, have given CEOs of Fortune 500 companies in the top one percent major tax breaks. Okay, what are your thoughts on that? Tax breaks.
5: In many cases, uh, promote business success. We just saw something like that here in Las Vegas with the Oakland A's. Uh, $834 right. million dollars yeah. in concessions. They're a really good baseball team, by the way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's talk about that. And let's talk about the uh, the angels there yeah. for a minute.
3: Well, if you're going to be the assemblyman next segment, I do yeah. want to dive more into that with you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: We have another company that has approached and said, hey, you know what? We'll build you a stadium for free. Mm-hmm. But we want to put a casino next to it. And you know what? Which makes more sense? Spending your tax money or getting something done by a a private enterprise that works as a partnership with the state? And I'm all,
3: I mean, let's bring business in. Let's do partnerships. They work. Again, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Mm -hmm. but let me be more specific. Household income family that's making $40,000 a year, should they be paying the same percentage on taxes as someone that's making over a million dollars a year? They're not. It's when you look at the tax breaks, they're absolutely not.
5: Uh, do they deserve some help? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, do you know you're struggling, you're working hard. 40 grand in Vegas that's not even median income, right? You know, uh, in the school choice bill, Speaker Yeager was Mm -hmm. trying to confuse the issues a little bit. He brought up AB 400, and AB 400 was designed to give people help yep. it was designed to give you know students resources it was designed to give additional bus drivers it was designed to enhance the millennial scholarships it was designed to give teachers raises mm-hmm. why would he confuse the verge you know he you know it was based upon the poverty poverty income level and he's right. in there discussing it as medium medium income mm-hmm. They're two different things.
4: Yeah,
3: you know? uh, Understandable, understandable. I mean, there's so, some people that would argue that, you know, the tax breaks for the rich, there's too many loopholes. Yeah. and, and uh, so, we, yeah. so they push that level down to the lowest
5: level possible mm-hmm. so everybody yeah. can take advantage of it and everybody gets a benefit. And that's
3: fair. Do you think there should be just, uh, you know, forget about taking taxes out of your paychecks. We've talked about this before. Just a, just a, a tax on everything and pay everything up front. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
5: A single tax yeah. system? Yeah.
3: What are your thoughts on that?
5: I haven't done enough research on it. it on the surface, it looks very attractive. Uh, I think that, you know, individually, it, there's some benefits. Business-wise, there's some detractors. Uh, you know, as and, and I have, a, you know, a couple of uh, little businesses that I operate on the side. You know, I do a notary business. And, mm-hmm. and during COVID, I was probably one of very, very few Notaries that would go to people's homes, mm. put on a bio suit, put on a respirator, go in, do their paperwork so that they could actually get that reduction in the interest and save them five and six and seven and up to $1,000 a month in their payment. Wow. Um, would I have benefited from that? Probably not. Yeah.
3: As, as an individual, There's some that would, benefit. would. There's some that would you benefit, know? some that would not benefit, but it would sure take away a lot of people that owe a lot of money to the IRS. Well, yeah. Uh, you got to pay it you up know? front, and yeah, it makes things different. If you're just joining us, he's Alan Bigelow, running for Assembly District 5, retired Army veteran, former cop firefighter. He's done pretty much, uh, he's mm-hmm. done it all, and uh, he's joining us in studio. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to ask Alan, listen, if he's going to be an assemblyman. Uh, he's going to have some say and some opinion on the A's possibly coming to Las Vegas. I want to ask him about the stadium. I want to ask him about tax, taxpayer-funded stadiums. Uh, and I want to get his thoughts on that and many, many other issues. Guy David in the house as well. And uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this with Alan Bigelow. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
2: everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super, hero that is, Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill Steiner's. I love this place.
1: Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road visit HyattPlace.com.
6: Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada's ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311.
0: Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentlemen's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten Lines, beware. Go Bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire.
3: Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call. 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It is pushing the limits on a Thursday. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, located at Sahara and Jones. No appointment needed, but I was in and out of there in 20 minutes, man. i tell you, if, if you need some help, they are there. Jessica and Andrew are the best. They'll take care of you. And they take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, it's only a $95 payment to get it checked out in there. How great is that? Give them a call. 702 248 You can also visit them online at Care.com. We have a retired army veteran in studio, a former cop, a firefighter. What else can 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 you do? Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, Alan truck driver. Yes. Uh,
5: store restaurant. He's
3: done everything, and he's done pushing the limits already, ladies yeah. and gentlemen.
4: Very inadequate, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> As do I. Alan Bigelow joining us in studio for Assembly District Five. Somebody in our YouTube chat has already called him a buffoon. Please, that's my word. Even though I would never call Alan that, don't well, use my word. And I, I love that guy to death. He's a
5: he's a he's a good guy, and I enjoy his company. So yes, uh,
3: but don't steal my words. Buffoon yeah. is my word. His
5: initials are CD and. Oh, is that who it doing? is?
3: Okay, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. We won't name names, yes. but so you know. so, Alan, if you're going to be an assemblyman in District Five, sure, you're certainly going to have some opinion and some say, right, in a possible stadium and the Tropicana being torn down, which is what they're talking about, yep. and I believe Lombardo just. They, just voted, they yes. just voted to do it. What are your, sure I, So I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, what do you think about this? I have my strong opinions, but mm-hmm. I want to get yours first.
5: Well, we we sort of hinted at it before the break. You know, uh, There's a company called Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance, and they have come in and said, you know what? We'll build a stadium. We won't charge. We want ask money for it. We'll go build it on our property that we already own, but we want to put up a casino. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I Nothing. Mean, I have signed a no new tax pledge and we're spending tax dollars to help uh, a less than stellar baseball team come in. Give them the gaming license. Give them the gaming license. Let
3: them game. make that money back. Sure. And Tear return, down a Las Vegas icon. Right. I love that idea. And in return it, you know? we don't have to pay for it, right. taxpayer right. money. If you decide to walk into the casino and pay for it and that's make a donation, the, yeah. that's <laughs> up to you. But we can go into a station casino or whatever casino, right? Right. Do any casinos sponsor no. my show right now? No, no I don't think no, so. Now, I no. would I would <laughs> you know
5: I would I would probably put a limit on that casino as far as their gaming in that area. Right. Because that would be responsible. Right. You know? Right. But You know, as I said, I signed a no new tax pledge and and it's on social media. People can look at it and and hold me accountable for it. I'm not going to raise tax. I'm not going to support
3: ideas that take your tax money when there's other options out there that don't. Ooh, uh, I have something to ask you then, because Dina Titus. speaking of gaming and taxes, mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, Dina Titus is trying to pass this new bill uh, that if you make less than $5,000 on a slot machine or gaming, that you shouldn't have to report it to taxes. Right now, I believe it's $1,250, if I'm not mistaken. $1, $1,199. Nine,
5: I'm sorry, $1, $1,199. $1, uh, it's
3: 1200 What are your dollars. thoughts on that? I love that.
5: You know what? Vegas is made on tourism. Nevada is made on tourism, and if it'll help increase our tourism here, absolutely should yeah you know i don't see that it's going to cost anybody anything to do that because on the way to do that you're going to spend more money and i hate to say spend more money but you're going to be in that Vegas. that costs and,
3: the and casino's money because it takes a lot of time they it gotta takes time give you it takes
5: form. labor it yeah. takes they leave you waiting forever right. right yeah right you know so so you agree with titus on that. i i would i would support that idea i think yeah. you know because i mean i've had friends that have made nice jackpots and then they go oh man i had to pay a third of it out why? You just it was a game of chance.
3: How do you feel though about just going into a gas station seeing slot machines everywhere? It's like the culture of Las Vegas, mm-hmm. right? Uh some agree with it, some disagree with it. Is it too much when you see parents go in uh, with their kids into a uh a shop, uh, sh- uh, food shopping and and then you see the slot machines right there? Do you think that there's a limit or should I've, be a limit?
5: I've seen that since I was I can remember. You know, uh, we had a store. It was called Thrifty Mart. It was down on uh, mm-hmm. Charleston in the, in the Charleston Plaza Mall at the time, uh, and they had, you know, on the way out there was half a dozen slot machines. I didn't see them being very widely used because everybody just spent their money on groceries, right? Um, I, people have choices as adults. We, have, you know, we have we have decisions to make. We have to be responsible, and if we're not, then there's helps. You know, That we can get, there's help from Gambling Anonymous or whatever the whatever the the addiction sure. is. There's a helpline
4: out there for it. Do you think it's endearing to Vegas? It's why it makes it such a worldwide city that this is one of the only places in the world you can come and see stuff like that. Because oh, the first I, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's I, definitely part that's of the first this. thing I hear from yeah. family in Australia where I was born that come to Vegas. They're like, "Did you? There were slot machines in the airport? Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was. You could do this here. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah.
5: yeah, I mean, when you speak about Australia, first thing I think of is, is surfing.
4: Yeah, and sharks, yeah. eating it. Surfing of
3: sharks.
5: Let's go surf, but stay away from Speaking great Speaking of
3: which, they found quite a few yesterday, if you saw that story in California. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's talk, uh, lost my train of thought there for a second, but uh, next topic um, I want to bring up is, is gun control with sure. you. And uh, we, we always talk about a total range of topics, and you just talked about responsibility and Mm -hmm. obviously gun rust responsibility, a big part of it, as you know more than anyone, Alan, is that as you being a former cop and firefighter, you know what Metro Police had to go through on October 1 here and all the people's lives were lost. event. It seems to me, and I'm going to be gen- gen- in general here, okay. Republicans want to talk about more guns, not less guns. We have 140 guns per 100 people in this country. I don't think that's just an accident that we have more gun violence than any other country in the world. And it continues to rise. We had 17 mass shootings over the holiday weekend. So, Alan Bigelow, if you are an assemblyman here, what, if anything, would you like to do to maybe lower the gun violence that is happening across this country
5: you know in nevada we're we're really blessed with that um because we have wide open spaces we have tons of firearm instructors i mean there's one almost every block here and i think you know and we talk about being responsible we talk about ownership uh, responsibilities we talk about simple things well the simple things are this put a gun lock on your gun Put it in a gun safe. Mm-hmm. Keep it out of kids' hands. Mm-hmm. Don't go bragging you got 25 of them in your closet. Right. Because you're inviting somebody to come and steal them because that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Most gun violence, well, I'm not, yeah, most, I, I'll say the biggest majority, uh, has happened with a, a stolen weapon. So as a responsible gun owner, I'm not going to sit there and and put I have 25 Glocks and I have 17
3: rifles on my truck. Come on. That, again, it just... But you're it, like, you're a former cop, right? Yeah. And you know what some of these weapons do. Sure. There is a big difference between an assault weapon and just a, a generic pistol, right? Uh, I've I, never been on the air and said that I am some sort of gun expert, but mm-hmm. it seems like in the larger mass shootings, mm-hmm. like what happened... In Vegas, or the shooting in Buffalo, or Uvalde. The weapon of choice seems to be an AR-15. Why is that?
5: Well, I don't know that it's the weapon of choice, but in in the case of Uvalde, uh, the young man turned 18. He he had a history of mental illness. He Mm -hmm. had a history with the police. He was on the
3: target list for the FBI. Mm
5: -hmm. Why didn't they step up?
3: Well, that's a good question. Do you think the age should be 18 to 21? I don't know that
5: the, the, those three years are not going to make a lot of difference in maturity. Mm-hmm. But what I do think is is I would, you know, I've always said this, that I support a very vigorous background check.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, just like I would for voter ID. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's a simple thing. If you're going to come show me, you know, uh, ID card and you like can But to vote, you have to background. register, though, right?
3: Exactly. Why can't, why don't we do that with guns?
5: Guns are registered. You have to register to get your gun permit. Can can you you purchase a gun.
4: Can you just ask me this question because you've been a cop. Yeah. You've served the country. Mm -hmm. There's no one better to ask this question. And I can't work this out because I'm originally from Australia, even though I'm an American citizen now, where we simply don't have guns. Mm -hmm. Why does a regular citizen like me or Brian or anyone around here need an AR-15? Well, what do we need it for? why do we we don't hump with it i why do we need it i can't it, it, no one gives me that answer a I lot can't get of it anywhere. goes
5: into individual choice and a lot of it goes into uh, a, uh just the simple fact that in our, our constitution it says we will establish a well-regulated militia and a militia typically carries the weapon of the times and whether they're civilians or whether they're Military trained or whether that whatever the case is, that the Second Amendment hasn't changed that.
4: So we need it in you case know? I mean if it, it, some tyrannical thing or uh, we, uh,
5: I mean I know guys that have fifty caliber machine guns. Not because they're gonna go shoot somebody with it, but because it's a novelty to them. And they have gone through the licensing process and the permits and the backgrounds and all of the things necessary to have that particular... But
3: if a weapon is, and you know this better than mm-hmm. anybody, as, as a veteran and, and a police officer, many of these weapons that we're discussing today were built for one reason and one reason only, and not for self-defense, to kill as many people as possible in a short period of time, which is why many will call some of these weapons weapons of war. And you bring up the Constitution, mm-hmm. which obviously I understand and respect, but the Constitution was written when we had something called muskets. Um, and, and, and in the Consti- and, uh, and the bad
5: guys had muskets too. So understood. You know, the the stolen weapons are automatic pistols and things like that. So the good guy's got to have the same gun to combat it. It's, It's a
3: matter of balance, I think. So why is it then that some machine guns are illegal? Why is it then that you can't have a tanker? Why are grenades illegal? Oh, you can have a tank. Well... I think there are limitations. I mean, there, there's uh, one. There's there's an <laughs> M1 tank on the strip,
5: and one of the the novelty stores now. Understood. There. You go go but,
3: for a ride. But the point is, there are limitations. <laughs> there are some. It's true. But there are some limitations. There with are, weapons. And, and
5: you have to you have to be vigorously investigated to be even considered to have the ownership of those weapons. If you're illegally, but not. They are them, fifteen,
4: though, right? No,
5: no, no, no. And it because it's not an automatic weapon, and this in, no. in a civil a. Non-military version.
3: Uh, so I agree with you that, because we talked about, you know, why, why, why do we have so much fun And you brought up uh, gun responsibility. Sure. I, I do agree with that. I think there's a lot of reasons. For example, the shooting in Connecticut, the yep. mother uh, allowed her mentally ill son access to weapons. That yeah. was stupid and it that cost was her a, life. It was a responsibility issue. I, I agree a, with that. And a mental health issue. Both it, yeah, of them tied yes. into the current wave of what's going on. I agree with you. But why is it that there are mentally ill people all over the world but yet we seem to have this problem at such a higher level when it comes to gun violence in this country than any other country, because I say because we are infatuated with our guns and we have so many guns in this country.
5: You know, I I don't know that we're infatuated with them. I think that we you just. Don't think so? I think we we enjoy the, our our constitutional rights in that area. Some people choose not to. Some people choose to. Um, you know. It, my in, in, in my case, you know, my girlfriend is mm-hmm. five foot three, mm-hmm. and if she's going to face a, a six hundred or a six foot tall guy that weighs two hundred and thirty pounds, he's going to overpower her. So she needs to have an advantage. She I would needs never to have, take that right away from her. Me
3: neither. Right, yeah. and but, so so giving her. But does she need an AR fifteen
5: to defend herself? Well, you've seen what what in, in the Philippines during uh, World War One we used thirty eights.
4: That that that's okay. just my biggest yeah. problem. I'm never infringing on the right to be a responsible gun owner mm-hmm. and protect your family, right. protect your household. I just don't understand why we can have such easy access to an AR fifteen and especially weren't they banned in the Clinton era? so there was an assault weapons there, was,
5: ban. there was a there was a restriction on so it, did, yeah. did, were
4: people that upset back then about this meaning well, if it violence was
3: down and then the republicans allowed it to fizzle out that was during the clinton years if i'm not mistaken i know but everyone could still own guns right uh, gun own was down. listen i don't you, care you you yeah. could yeah you couldn't go purchase a brand new one you could purchase a
5: used one from somebody right. else um you could purchase pistols and rifles and shotguns and the whole plethora of everything else i mean even to the point of of finding a a flame floor somewhere or an old gatling gun from uh the civil war or or you know
4: this sounds horrible but (laughs) I, i know how other people from different countries view all the gun violence in america and they're almost in disbelief by the heartless waste of human life have we become desensitized to it here
5: you know that's that's a really good question because we see so much of it in the media. You know whether it's on a, a Tom Clancy movie or whether it's um, whatever else movies are out there showing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. We've I I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of reach out a little bit here and and I think we have become a little desensitized to it, but it's because of how much the media has purposely pushed those issues and totally tried to desensitize our views as parents as and as people in general and and our kids growing up i mean because what's the the big video games right now they're all shooting games
3: so where did that come from you know it came from i think that's where it speaks to i think we are a culture that is obsessed with our guns that's why i say that we're obsessed when you have 140 guns per 100 people i think that's a culture that is uh, and I'm not anti-gun, by the way. I mm-hmm. don't own a gun, but I think, especially somebody like you or your girlfriend, mm-hmm. you guys should have the right to defend yourself. You should yeah. be able to buy one, two, three, four, five, ten guns if you'd like. I don't especially care. Especially someone like him. Of, absolutely, yeah. but I just think some I, of these. I, and I wouldn't mind having
5: an M1 tank because they're fun <laughs> to drive,
3: but but they're really hard on maintenance. You've so driven those before, right?
5: Absolutely. I yeah. Used to, yeah. That yeah. was that was part of my job. Sure. You know, I drove M1 sure. tanks, flew yeah. hel- flew in helicopters. Uh, yeah. Big artillery pieces.
3: I just think we need to do something, and we're not doing enough. And that's my issue. When I talk to people that love their guns, my question is... A, them-
5: a lot of it can be fixed with by fixing the mental health system. Uh, we don't recognize that as much as we should. And we are facing an epidemic of mental health. When I started in the fire department and as an EMT, I might, might get four mental patients a month. Might. Mm. Okay? Now, I get six a day. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? And, and this is wow. 19 years later. That's incredible. And it is just horrible. It's getting it's, worse. It's
3: higher. It's, yeah. I get
5: more of that it's than I do worse. heart attacks or, or brain And I
3: believe problems. you. And that comes government assistance. We can get into the homeless issues. We can mm-hmm. get into drug addiction sure. and gambling addiction. And, again, I agree with you. I think that's one phase of it. And, and I always and talk about if that. If we can
5: start really getting progressive in the mental health side of it, that's going to take some money. change. It's going it, to d- take it money. Takes money. It does gonna, take money. It's
3: going to take money. It's going to take Democrats and Republicans both, to come up with money. both sides
5: working together yeah. on programs. You know.
3: I think that's a part of it. We can disagree on the type of guns that are being sold. Obviously, certainly. I don't think that assault weapons should be out there in public unless you're an officer or serving. But at the same time, yes, mental illness is certainly a big part of this as well. And we don't want guns in the hands mm-hmm. of the wrong people. And I'm with you. Uh, let's talk about something that Republicans, maybe not you, but a lot of Republicans seem to be bringing up, which is gender identity. Uh, every Ron DeSantis speech, you could ask him about the war in Ukraine and he'll bring up gender identity. Is this should this really be the big issue that Republicans make it out to be? You know, as adults,
5: we have the wisdom
3: and the knowledge to
5: make choices. And as grown-ups, we make those choices and we live with the, the, the consequences of it. Our kids don't have that choice. Our kids don't have that experience, they don't have our wisdom, and they don't have the the ability to foresee the futures of those decisions. And so we have to protect our kids in that realm. As adults, love who you want to love. I don't care. You
3: know? So can, you're you're talking to the t- the teenager, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, I'm talking that across wants a, the board. Okay. So what do we do if a fourteen year old or a thirteen year old or a ten year old says, uh I want to be, I don't want to be a boy, I want to be a girl. The parents are okay with it. They go in, they speak to a bunch of physicians, heck, even psychologists. And everybody decides, you know what, this is best for this child. Do we still say, no, you can't do it?
5: It's not up to the government to make that decision. It's up to the parents and the families.
3: I agree. So Mm -hmm. why are Republicans so? uh, Because some Republicans, again, not you, make it seem like a twelve-year-old could just walk into a hospital and say, "Cut off my genitals." You know that's not how it works. And there's, yeah, there's a whole lot of
5: procedure that goes into that. But the problem we've been facing lately, especially with our kids, is the continuing efforts to take away parents' rights, and the parents have that right to guide their child where they need to be guided. Sure, they know best for their kids. They know best. You know, we we talk about. A lot of things when it comes to our kids, and if we would just simply let our families be families, mm-hmm. and we talked about my family being very, very diverse, mm-hmm. um, and I support every one of my kids. Right. You know, my my kids, my girlfriend's kids, you know, we are, and and, and you know, I coined the phrase, you know, a, a rainbow family, because we really are.
3: So I agree with everything you, you just know. said, but it kind of speaks to my point. You've got people that are protesting outside of Target, yelling at parents bringing their kids into Target. I just think that's absurd. I used the term buffoonery. I'm going to use it yeah. here. That's absurd. I, I Listen, Alan, I agree with you. I want parents to do what they want, what they mm-hmm. believe is. It doesn't mean every parent out there is, is the best well, we parent stop. in the world. we got to stop taking... Their choices away from, them. we got to stop Explain taking parents' Explain to me choices. how that. Okay, give me an example. We we. How is a parent's choice being taken away from them?
5: We well, I'm I'm going to pick on schools for a minute. Okay. Okay. Because and and I went I've been to several school board things, and a parent will get up and say, you know what, I don't want my child being taught sex education in kindergarten, which was a program that has come up in the Clark County School District. You know, but it's uh, not
3: graphic, right? It's, it's not very graphic for kindergartners.
5: The the books that are provided, the literature that is provided in this case, uh, if you and I had it on our coffee table, and the cops walk in. So you're saying there are sexually explicit books
3: that kindergartners are reading. Yeah, they're, they're, well, I certainly can, wouldn't be you for would, that. Can,
5: you would akin you would them Close to not. a graphic no. novel. There's, there's, no. If that's
3: right the case, which I'm unaware of, but mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it, then that's obviously inappropriate. Now, right. some person no. might say take your kid to a different school. Take well, him to but a- you
5: can't because you don't have school choice. Right. And which is a program that the governor wanted to push through, and, and it got butchered up really bad. I believe
3: a parent should have so, the right to, to, to send their kid to whatever, whichever school they want to send I do, too. Agree. I
5: absolutely support school choice. I yeah. had one of my one of my oldest boy needed some additional yeah. training. My kids went to a magnet school here. Yeah. He was His learning needs really weren't matched. Yeah. And my, my younger daughter, she was acing, ace plus, A's all the way down their line. Right. He couldn't get a D plus to try if he, he he took him a s a sack of gold and handed it to him. He right. couldn't get a D plus. So that's an extreme
3: though that you brought up. Not at and, all. These uh, kids are in every school. Well if, if kindergarten because I'm unaware, okay. if kindergartners mm-hmm. are being given explicit books mm-hmm. on sex. Yes. Um that is wrong. And I don't well, think any it, it reasonable was in the,
5: it was in the, the uh meeting uh a year ago, June. I would want to know exactly what's and, in that book. And the books, the books are are basically graphic novels, you know, like a cartoon. There's I, nudity. I, they're, they are very well written. They're very, very, very specific on how things are doing. And and it's there. The education program started at kindergarten, and progressed through the grades. Now I didn't have ever yeah. go to any kind of no. in, in in Clark County here, yeah. where I where I went to school. We didn't have a sex education program until we were juniors in high school. Now Our I parents agree. That's what I was had gonna say. to sign a permission slip. They yeah. knew that they were going to be taught. 10,
3: Ten, eleven, twelve, These thirteen.
5: These programs are being yeah. put into place without parents' knowledge.
3: Yeah, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. And, and 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 like and, I yeah, those
5: are that's just an example of yeah. freedom.
3: And that's that's I'm with you, you on know, that. Another I think,
5: another yeah. limiting thing in there when you drop your kid off at school, the school has the right to do pretty much whatever. And and. You don't have a choice until you pick them up, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a very simple thing. I mean, and I I was like, that's not even possible
3: until I looked into it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the the school is in charge of your child. I think there are extremes that you brought up that I'm I'm with you on, yeah. uh, and then there's the other side, which I talk about as well. Now, listen, I want to look into that because I, maybe you can give me more information yeah. on yeah, that. Yeah, there it was. I want to know the what those June meeting a year ago. I want to see those books. And and those
5: books yeah. were. We would have have been put in jail for child pornography.
3: If somebody says boys like boys or boys like girls, girls like boys, blah, blah, there's certain language that I'd be okay with. But if something that you're saying is extremely explicit, that that's inappropriate. And then on the other side of things, it's horrible. Yeah. And and I I would be with you on that. And then there's the other coin where, you know, sometimes they make it seem like if you're uh, not a crossdresser, but a drag queen that you're going to molest kids too. And I think there's extremes there as well. I just think that some things are not as bad as some people make them out to be. And I don't think drag queen reading is indoctrinating our kids. That's just my, that's my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that.
5: Well, and again, you know, parents have the choices to, and the responsibility to raise their children. And sure. they should be given that. Mm-hmm. they choose
3: and if parents know. want to bring their kids to a drag queen reading then they can do that and if they don't want to they have the right not yeah. to right you're okay I'm with that too? Gonna,
5: yeah they can i mean right. i'm not going to do it it's not something that that right. i'm going to participate right. in and yep. i have that right and i have that choice and and that's sure. the direction i want to keep my family mm-hmm. going you know yep
4: i think that's fair to everybody
3: yeah, i think that's very fair you know
5: the the idea yeah. is is you know to let parents fairly be in charge and you know have the responsibility for their children yeah. have the, the ability to yep Dictate the
3: direction their children's education goes. Sure. I just and don't choose want. choose an outcome. Like I agree them, with you. you know. 100%. I just don't want parents telling other parents what to do. I have a problem with that. But I agree with, for the most part, everything. Yeah. All right, before we go, we've got about a minute here, Alan, and I, I, I certainly appreciate you being here. I know you'll be in again, but uh, mm-hmm. can you give out the information? How do people donate to your campaign? And how do people learn more about you? If they haven't learned enough in this hour, <laughs> uh, how do they learn a little bit more about you and follow you?
5: Well, it's really easy. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, if you go to my website, it's votealanbiggolo.com. The social media links are at the bottom of the page. The donate button's at the top, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, we are fundraising and doing everything we can. Uh, we are expecting a very solid challenge out of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are focused, at, and we're going to win this seat. We're going to give the parents' rights back to the parents. We're going to keep your tax money a- accountable. We're mm-hmm. going to... You know, one of the big things I want to see is an audit of the school district. Mm-hmm. We don't know where the money's going. Mm-hmm. I want to get the... I think uh, that's fair. Yeah, I want to I make the... Uh, mm-hmm. Progress of the marijuana money and the tax that goes with it, mm-hmm. very transparent, so that we can track that and put it back to where it's supposed to go into the schools, like it was originally designed. And let's let's make things better. Let's get things sure. done. Let's bring businesses yeah. into Nevada and make it easy for them to come here, not hand them books and paperwork that you got to go do. Understandable. You know, I want to be able to bring a business in and in 180 days have them open.
3: Absolutely. You know, we're not always going to agree on everything, as I said, but you know, there are there are whack jobs. And then there are not whack jobs. Alan is not a whack job. He is a Republican. We don't agree on everything, but we can have these reasonable conversations, which I enjoy having, and uh, and I appreciate these conversations. Uh, you know, he's not a Segal Chata. He's not a Jim Marchant. Uh, he's not a Mike McDonald. <laughs> I, I put you in the Victoria Seaman category of being a moderate Republican. Is that fair to say?
5: Um, I'm I'm pretty conservative I would but you know I'm, I'm but willing, you're not an election denier to, no and I am willing to listen yeah. to both sides of the coin. you know the, the argument and, sure. and choose the best path yeah. uh, I think uh, the biggest thing we have to do is, is actually just take a minute and listen, listen to, the sure. to the people understood we're the people we're servants of the people we're not yeah. we're not the king. We're not the emperor. I agree. We're not the queen. You know, we're you know, well said. it's true. We are the servants. We I agree.
3: Especially work. if you're an elected official. Yeah. You're, you you are you're paid for by the people.
5: My phone yep. number is, is my phone number every day of the week. It's yep. 702-427-5656.
3: I answer it unless I'm yeah. in an ambulance or a fire truck or sleep. And you can call them and tell them why did you go on that buffoon's radio exactly show? You're welcome right. to do that. <laughs> Alan Bigelow, thank you for your service, my friend, and it's everything my you do. Honor to and serve. do and I appreciate you coming on as always and I know we'll have you on again before the For elections sure. always always good to have Allen in studio appreciate you my man all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back the big 7-footer former NBA veteran Paul McCeskey joining us in studio take a quick break be back right after this pushing the limits right here on KSHB Welcome back. It is uh, Pushing the Limits and uh, it is Thursday. By the way, tomorrow we're going to be at Sapphire Gentleman's Club Pool, the only topless pool in all of Las Vegas. We're going to be having some fun. We're going to have some special celebrity guests as we do there all the time. Whoa. It's going to be hot, Guy, but we're going to have a good time and uh, some very special guests lined up for tomorrow, so can't wait for it. Come out, say hello as we will be broadcasting live there. I uh, also want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town, of course, was Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. They have a very cool promotion for the month of July, which is if you get four to the Royal, you know, all, all these, all these people playing slot four. machines. Yeah. We all know how frustrating it is to, to, to miss a Royal by one. Well, if you get four to the Royal, you get a chance to spin their wheel two times this week. And twice every week in July for a chance to win up to $3,000. Great food, great atmosphere. Check them out. Jackson's Barn Grill located at Flamingo & Jones. The guy we have with us in studio, he's been known to play the slot machines from time to time. Yes, the 7-footer himself, (laughs) 11-year NBA veteran, and of course 20-year coach, paul mckeskey joining us in studio and boy what a great day to have paul in because we got so much to get to paul good to see you my friend how's it going uh,
7: studios looking good it's everybody in here man.
3: is it yeah. is it looking it's a little crowded in here it's a sausage uh, party.
7: that's what you like
3: we got a sausage party at kshp ladies and gentlemen uh, <laughs> yeah but uh so ma i want to get to the bi- uh, this is a big story um and it literally just came out today and uh the NBA has talked about this for years now. We've heard rumblings about like a mid-season tournament. When is it going to happen? Is it going to be in Vegas? Well, uh Adrian Ronskowski, uh even though I've met him before and he's kind of a jerk. Uh <laughs> I did I did meet him. He was very aloof. Code, very aloof, but uh he does get his stuff right. Let's yep. put it that way. Yep. Uh his sources tell him that the NBA's new in-season tournament final four is now officially set for December 7th and December 9th, right here in Las Vegas. It'll count for the league's regular season, the stats, except for the championship game of the event. This is official, and according to Adrian Wojnowski, we're going just another huge event in Las Vegas, a <laughs> mid-season NBA tournament. He doesn't
4: this- get it wrong either, so this must be happening. This is
3: exciting. What well, do you think of this, Mo? What, what is it?
7: Well, it's been ta- they've been talking about it for a few years, and it's a model after European basketball, right? So if you play in uh, Spain, right? And you play in the Euro League and you're playing the Euro Cup. And then they always have like, there's like halfway through the season, they have a tournament and you win that cup, whatever they call it. And that's how they kind of keep interest, keep teams that aren't, are struggling during the season interested. But in the NBA, I don't, I want to see more specifics. You know, what, what do you mean? What, you know, I heard someone say today that the winning players will each make 500 grand. Well, you know. That that's like five mil right there. So I don't know what the NBA is going to get out of this, and who's going to play in this tournament. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions, and I think it's their way of trying to stir up interest because everybody is bored in 82 games. Right, they're just playing till the playoffs. Nobody plays defense, so this is some way to maybe address that. Uh, how
4: how do they do this in December? Like that's in the it's Beginning Very, of the season, yeah. How? how who plays it? Yeah, who that, goes in a, it? Will
7: the coaches point. allow their players to play it? Risk? They injury? have to if it's, yeah. If it, well, and it counts towards the, the
4: regular season. I'm confused about the whole uh, thing.
7: Well, they have to let their players be on the roster. They don't have to put them in the game though. It's just like if, if if I'm playing if I if I have players like LeBron or AD or something, and we play in this tournament, they're probably not playing in the tournament. I just sit them out. They'll be in uniform. They'll be sitting there, but it's don't they want the half mil? <laughs> I mean, right. they don't get out someone of. Bed makes, right? Someone who makes fifty mil plus, That's probably true. another hundred yeah. or two hundred, and no.
3: But you don't. asked what the NBA gets out of this, and I, I'm trying to. Th- my wheels are turning here while you say that, and you alluded to it a little bit. First of all, it brings uh the season a little bit more of excitement uh, who's going to Vegas they need to win this game you know on December 2nd to get into the tournament you know so it brings a little more excitement the first couple months of the season which I do think is a good thing uh Adam Silvers knows and understands that we are getting an NBA team within a couple of years that is going to happen that is 100% not 99% we're getting an NBA team here in a few years it's just a matter of time so it, all, it gives us a little bit of a sprinkle of NBA regular season basketball which I also think is a good thing for Las Vegas and let's be honest here the players love coming here. The coaches love coming here. The NBA loves coming here. You look at what the NBA Summer League has done. We just had Warren Ligari on the show yesterday. So I think it's a mix of everything. They have the money to do it, and it brings a lot of excitement, uh, and it gives kind of Vegas a little bit of a head start before they get this expansion franchise, which they will get. So I think there are a lot of positives for the NBA to do Well, this. I think
7: the NBA is not stupid, right? They've been around for a long time. They make hundreds of billions of dollars, whatever they make. And their process is very deliberate, right? I've seen it happen. I've been mm-hmm. here for six years. I've told people what's happening. So the first thing they do is see if a WNBA team will make it. Then they see if a G League team will make it. Then they do preseason games here, right, which mm-hmm. they do. Okay. And then they see, okay, it's doable. Then they make the plunge, and they, and they go all in. I would like to see the TV deal, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see, because the TV deal in the NBA is what all the, all the owners make money on. It's, $7 $7 billion. Yeah. So is this going to be included in that TV deal? Or is it going to be another TV deal that we do for the tournament in December where someone's going to pay us a billion dollars yeah. to do that plus the advertising. So, so I have a little a more. Of-
3: sure. I have a little more information on this tournament yes, because we're getting more information as it comes in. Uh, these teams will apparently be doing pool play and the top eight will advance to a quarterfinal stage. The actual final four will be playing
7: in Vegas. So it's going to start with eight. I think if you will look back, and I can call a couple guys I know, the G League did that this year. Mm-hmm. The G League did a tournament mid-season, and they did the same thing. So it must have went okay. I don't. You know who plays, who qualifies. Hey, listen, got... I'm
3: all for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not like we're not going to have anything else going on with the <laughs> WNBA playoffs, with the Raiders season, with UNLV basketball. <laughs> not like, not like there's going to be anything else going on here in town. But uh, uh, are you kidding me? NBA regular season basketball, where it actually, I mean, it, it, it kind of matters more than a, just an ordinary regular season game. Uh, and the TV ratings, I think, will be very good. Let's not forget about that. The NBA is going to be making money off the TV.
7: Um, and you, I, the NBA's been doing it for years where they go over to Italy, they go to China, they go to Greece, and they play regular season games that count. Mm-hmm. Players hate that yeah. because there's eight-hour flights, ten-hour flights, time changes, you've got to get back here. NFL does it too, so Having something like that in Vegas, all all players and coaches. All right, but here's
3: my question. You know, I think you know what I'm going to ask you when it pertains to Vegas. Uh, even when USA Basketball comes out here and trains and and preseason games, what have you. I understand there's business and 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 I get that, but there's also a lot of nightlife in Vegas, from what they tell me. Um, is that going to be a problem?
7: Uh, is there nightlife in LA? South Beach? Yes. Chicago? Yes. yes. Atlanta. Atlanta, yes. By, by the way, if you want an insight on NBA nightlife, it's Atlanta. That's it, when, if if I was a gambler and visiting teams I go to Atlanta and that's two or three points right there. So there's nightlife everywhere. There's gambling everywhere. So, you know, is it something that, yeah, but I mean I, I remember pulling up when I when I was coaching with the Mavericks and and landing in LA, uh had an off night. Uh, getting to the four seasons, and there's five limos waiting for certain people that had to be players. They were (laughs) gone. I don't even know if they, they might have came to Vegas. Who's the know? biggest partier on those Dallas Maverick teams? <laughs> I'm not going there.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> don't it, might, it might be your buddy, buddy uh, Mark Cuban. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it probably was, by the way. <laughs> no, he's too busy. yeah so, making money.
3: Uh, yeah, that, he does make quite a lot of it. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, the news, uh, the NBA, uh, according to sources, December 7th, December 9th, I, I would assume it would start this coming year, yeah. where there's going to be some sort of uh, – quarterfinals were eight teams. The final four will be in Las Vegas. The, winner, the winning team, each player on the team gets a half a million dollars. I wonder if the assistant coaches
7: are getting some change uh, too. I can tell you that no. No. That's, that's <laughs> well, <too. laughs> it, it depends because in coaches in the All-Star game, if you get invited to the All-Star game, then head coaches make X amount and so do assistants. So yeah. not as much as players. Not
3: by accident, know. by the way, that this news is coming out today, the yeah. day before the NBA Summer yeah. League in Las and, Vegas, yeah. right?
7: And Adam Silver will have a... Announcement this weekend here he, he's going to do a press conference oh, right absolutely. oh that's going to be yeah. so cool um, yeah, he should do it at halftime of the Wimba-Yamba game but he should there will be about twelve thousand people there <laughs> well they told
3: Warren was on you know the creator of the yeah. NBA Summer League here in Vegas was on um, yesterday and he told me that they're having a special room set up for that first press conference after he plays and he did tell me yes he is going to play at least a couple games starting tomorrow so you want to talk about some excitement we got NBA Con how come you're not signing Milwaukee Bucks jerseys at NBA Con because I heard you were going to be there I would think I would th- you know it's funny I had a listener who said hey I want my kids to meet Paul McKeskey and they're actually coming to meet you today I don't know if you're charging I'll a sign fee- their stuff yeah yeah but hey uh, yeah, won't sign my card but uh, NBA Con in Vegas now too uh, kind of neat uh, that starts tomorrow for a few days where people listen you get to that's it. See, to me, the greatest thing about NBA Summer League, and you know how much I love basketball, and listen, the basketball is fun to watch, but after a couple of games, I get
7: a little tired, and I go home because uh, I'm let's, old. Uh, let's say the truth, though. It's bad basketball. It's it, bad basketball.
3: It's not great <laughs> basketball. You get to watch individual one-on-one talent. Yeah. I you know Guys that are, you know, I get that, and that's why I say this. To me, the best part of the NBA Summer League is rubbing shoulders with uh, some of the best to ever play the game. I mean, I've had uh, Bill Russell, I met him about six years ago, and I'm just some idiot radio guy. And I saw him in the parking lot with his wife. I said, Mr. Russell, we talk golf. Because I knew he would want to talk golf with me because he's <laughs> sick of basketball. I said, Mr. Russell, what are your favorite golf courses here in Vegas? And we talked for like five minutes, mm-hmm. just about golf. And I'm talking to one of the best to ever play the game. I'll never forget that. You know, Danny Ainge uh, loves talking golf, so I see him here in town. Talked to Magic Johnson for a few minutes. Um, I mean, I've met Jer- I met Jerry West last year. Uh, to me, Jerry Sloan. I remember the late Jerry Sloan. Uh, to me, rubbing shoulders, and not just a member of the media, but as a fan, you get to see these people, you know. And it's it's to me that's the best part of the summer league because I grew up watching players like you, and all these guys are out there, and it's so much fun. I mean, I gave ping pong lessons to Dell Demps. I gave. <laughs> I mean, I was I was, <laughs> you know, it was just like
7: you will also see for, former and current players sure. walking around and watching games too.
3: LeBron yeah. is going to be in town this week. I, I heard. Uh, you're going to see guys on the bench and see guys on the sidelines. Like you'll see, when if, if the Clippers are playing, you'll probably see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sitting on the sidelines. Why? For a couple different reasons. First of all, they want to support their younger guys on the team, which I think is great. And number two. Jeez, don't threaten me with a good time. They're in <laughs> Vegas. They're in Vegas in the offseason. And, and a lot of them work out, by the way, here. A lot of them work out off of uh, Sunset on the Impact.
7: Yeah. Uh, I a went lo- by there today. There's there five buses and
3: oh, yeah. everything. They're all there. They're all there. <laughs> they're all there working out and practicing. And it wouldn't surprise me if even LeBron was was working out. I mean, they're all mm-hmm. out there. So you get to work out. You get to be around some of the younger guys and, and cheer them on. And you also get to go out at night in Las Vegas it's a no-brainer for these guys. You know, it's a no-brainer. And I think, isn't USA Basketball in town in a couple weeks, too?
7: Uh, t- two or three weeks. I think the uh, Worlds is in August, I think. So they'll be in town. Steve Kerr is a friend of mine. He's the head coach, so they're coming. Love Steve Kerr. Two weeks, I think.
3: Love Steve Kerr. You going to go to some of those practices? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that'll, that that's definitely going to be a lot of fun. One of my best memories in Vegas in general, uh, and I'll tell the story real quick to you, is, is it's... Um, it's amazing to me, and the FIBAs were in town. Remember that, when the FIBAs yeah. were in Las Vegas? Yeah. So this was when Jerry Colangelo said, enough, uh, enough is enough. Okay, This is an embarrassment. He got Kobe and LeBron on board, and uh, this was before Mendenhall was here. They were practicing at Valley High School, in a high school gym. <laughs> and there, the media wasn't the same back then as it was now. There's more media now, but they let, they let me in the gym before they allowed the media in the gym. Uh, I just walked right in, and I'm there with maybe 20 former players. Rudy Tomjanovich is sitting right next to me, and and there's maybe 20 people in the gym watching Kobe Bryant and LeBron James scrimmage against each other while they are guarding one another, mm-hmm. and they are trash talking each other, of and they are guarding each other. And I remember Kobe was going in for a dunk, and LeBron just stuffed it right. And, and, and this is I, amazing, you know. And and they're 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 like right in each other's faces, right, and nobody's breaking them up. And I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. It was like it was something that anybody would have, it, 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 it was it was incredible, and I'll never forget that. It was it was so cool. That's because USA basketball was here, and that's when Mike Shashevsky just took over. Right? Well, Las
7: Vegas is the center of basketball in the world in July. There's uh, AAU is happening at the end of, of this month, and all college coaches will be here. Yeah, uh, I, I remember a few years back, uh, Nigeria national team practiced here. I was with the Great Britain team, and we scrimmaged uh, Russia. I think here, so a lot everyone around the world is here in, in July. Everybody, and as far as NBA summer league, Mo, which you've been to plenty of them.
3: Uh, I know you know officials, you know coaches, you know players, current (laughs) and former. I mean, everybody's in town, right? Everybody is in town uh, trying to make their
7: mark here in some way or another. Well, uh, for 20 years, I've been in town. I've been calling for 15 or 20 years. And most of the time I was here looking for a job. So there's all kinds of coaches from all over the world. There's teams from all over the world. Top teams in Spain, in Greece, in France. All their general managers and their coaches are here looking at players that are in the summer league that won't make their teams that they want to pick up. So everybody's here. It's like a, it's like a job, uh, uh, uh convention for <laughs> coaches, scouts. Uh, Mo, I, why are there 20 people on the bench though for every that's team? That's ridiculous. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I just I just got a, a text from a friend of mine. He played in the NBA. Bob Thornton, coaching the NBA for the Bulls in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Sure, I remember. And yeah. uh, he's coming in town uh, next week to talk to a professional team from Korea that's interested in hiring oh, them. Wow. So all that is going on at the same time. Isn't that incredible? And the spectacle that is what the NBA Summer League is now
3: out to be. Oh, Did you crazy. ever think when you were in your playing days that you know the NBA Summer League would not even be uh, not only be in Vegas, but uh, Mo, you can't even buy a ticket tomorrow. It's sold no. out.
7: When I was in the league for my freshman and my rookie and second year, I played in the summer league. It was in LA at uh, LA Community College as a junior college, mm-hmm. and it was mostly uh, younger guys. And there are older guys that would just try and stay in shape. Then when I was coaching, I come here to Vegas, and quite frankly, fifteen twenty, it was struggling. It was getting ready to fold. Warren took it over because no one was really interested and now it's just a stravaganza with all the all the things that are going on
3: it's incredible what Warren has done and um, you know he came on yesterday he's he's a pretty modest guy but he he never gets to watch any of the basketball you know um, you know I asked him a very interesting question yesterday and of course he had to get me a diplomatic answer right because he (laughs) but I asked him I said you know do you think in this era that sometimes coaches get hired because of the color of their skin could be white or black? You yeah, know? I, heard that. Uh, I asked him that and, and he gave me kind of the the, 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 the level answer that, that didn't really take one side or the other. What do you make of that? What do you make of, uh, and I guess I'll start with the NFL where NFL organizations have to interview at least one person that is black. Now I understand that years in the past, People probably didn't get jobs because of the color of their skin, uh, white or black. And that's wrong both ways. What do you make of the fact where the NBA is going now where they're they're headed in that direction where you have to at least interview somebody that's black?
7: Well, I would say if you look on the staffs of the NBA right now, I would say probably 60 to 70 percent black. That's what the – Head coach, maybe not the head coaches yet, but assistant coaches. Look on the staff. Mm -hmm. It's a lot different to NFL right now, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but but look at, I mean, the uh, NBA is 80% black, maybe. And if you take out the international uh, white players... That that goes down. I mean, you can't really right. find any. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand you're trying to find staffs that can relate to players. They they need, they should know basketball. They should have experience. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them don't. Just look just look in the summer league. There's 15 coaches over there. <laughs> it's right. ridiculous. Uh, I talked to someone there's uh uh that looked at the list. He's he's uh, with the Rockets, I think. And now there's uh, there's eight or nine coaches, and then there's eight or nine uh, secondary coaches. What's a secondary coach? That's called someone that is a favor for someone, Mm -hmm. either an agent, a player, or something. But, I mean, uh, you know, I've been on the other end of that back when they were trying to, you know get more broader with who's coaching in the league and you know i lost jobs because of that i you know I, that's a fact you know it is what it is so you know i think they should be the best best person for the job H- yeah. however that's not true in in america at I pretty much that anything right i agree <laughs> with you and i feel that way it doesn't, no matter what job it is it's, and, it's, yeah. it's not what you know yeah look at my resume i mean yeah. it's not what you know it's who you know no question and, it, and then it past that i tell young coaches who you know who can give you a job and who will give you a job? Right. It's different levels. I mean, I've, I've applied for a zillion jobs. I've got turned down. I got turned down 40 times in one year for junior colleges, colleges, G League, pros. Uh, and, and, you know, when, a, when, a, when someone, I tell coaches this all the time, when someone that's, tr- you're looking to hire you and they say, hey, you're on our list and you're on our, bo- on our board, you know, that means you're not getting hired. Right. I don't want to be on your list. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I at the bottom of the list or I'm at the top? You're on, I'm on a list. That means I'm not getting hired if mm-hmm. you're on a list. so That's got to be frustrating <laughs> uh, for anybody, no matter what the color of your skin is, when you know that you didn't get a
3: job because of the color of your skin. I can't imagine how frustrating that must be, uh, no matter what
7: the color of your skin is. that That's, that's, that's course, not good. Or a good. friend of a friend or whatever. And that's it's true in corporate America, too. But even in, people understand that it's in the sports world. Basketball is a, a business. It's a multi Billion dollar business So is the yes. NFL So are all of them Yeah
3: and, and, and it should be The most qualified Person for the position And I've I've certainly Always felt that way No matter what job You're applying for uh, Whether it be Politics it could be a cashier at a gas station, or it could be an NBA head coach. I've always felt that way, and I always will feel that way. And uh, no matter what the color of your skin is, if you're treated differently because of that, that uh, that's racism. I'm sorry, that's what it is. They can call it whatever they want to call it. That's what it is, and it's wrong. Uh, Paul McKeskey joining us in studio, uh, NBA, of course, former NBA player and uh, former coach. Uh, we got the NBA Summer League in town. We've got the breaking news of uh, this NBA Final Four that's going to be taking mm-hmm. place in Las Vegas December 7th and 9th. Uh, Mo is right. Uh, Adam Silver is going to uh, hold some sort of press conference this weekend. There's no question. It might even be as early as tomorrow. I'll just wait for that press release. we got NBA Con that's also... In town right now. I don't know uh, if Mckessy is going to be signing his cards there or not. That's uh, I, I don't know. Everybody uh, but you. Yeah, anybody <laughs> but you. That'd be funny. I'll be waiting in line with thirty people, and then no, not you. I'll get everybody else, not you. That's 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 exactly what. That's exactly what would happen. All right. So here's what we're going to do, Mo. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I know, guys, got some questions for you on players to look for uh, in the NBA Summer League. I want to get down yeah. t- deep to the actual players. I have some questions that I, I want to know uh, some players that you're looking forward to watching, and uh, we'll get. to that coming up next we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this with mo you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp
2: Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Review Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
6: Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well, so I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, Can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702
0: 540 3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentlemen's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. 10 lines beware. Go Bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part though, Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now! For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702 869 0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire.
3: Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702 248 0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call 702 248 0554. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. Reminder, we're going to be at Sapphire Gentleman's Club
7: Topless Pool tomorrow, with or without Paul McKeskey. Without. Yeah, without. I'll be, in the, a, I'll be in the gym watching basketball like you should be. Paul's a very...
3: I'm going there right after. I'm okay. going to take a shower out there, clean myself <laughs> up a little bit, and then I'm going to see uh, some some great NBA basketball. Uh, but uh, we'll be there tomorrow. we got some very special celebrity guests that are going to be joining us tomorrow. So it's going to be a lot of fun and and we're really looking forward to come out and say hello. You know, my parents are moving out here in a month and it's kind of uh kind of surreal, kind of crazy. Um, but at the same time, I've had a lot of help from a very good friend of mine, and you might recognize the name. His name is Blake Gwynn. His grandfather was the great governor of the great state of Nevada, and uh, he works for Keller Williams. I got to tell you, man, he gave my parents some great advice. He's helped my parents through a very difficult time. And, and listen, it's tough when, you, when you're looking to buy or sell a home. It's stressful. It's tough. Blake will take care of you. I promise you that. I'm going to give out his number now, his personal cell phone number at Keller Williams Group, Blake Gwynn. Thinking of buying or selling a home, this is the guy to contact. Trust me on that one. He's helped my parents so much, and he'll help you. 702-540-3311. Here's that number again. Contact Blake Gwynn with the Keller Williams Group. 702-540-3311. Our guest in studio, of course. Every Thursday he joins us. Former NBA player and coach Paul McKeskey joining us in studio. Talking a little NBA Summer League, and of course the... Uh, very exciting breaking news. Uh, I think it's really exciting. Uh, a Final Four, so to speak, NBA midseason in December is going to be happening right here in Las Vegas. Uh, and I would imagine Adam Silver is going to be uh, making it official, official with an announcement. I'm sure it's not by coincidence that uh, they just uh, are breaking this today and the NBA Summer League starts tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, Paul, there's a lot of great storylines. Um before we get to uh, the big name, which of course is Webin Yana, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, the freak. Well, why don't we just Why don't we just start with that? Um, a lot of talk about this kid. He's going to be one of the best to ever play the game. The guy's never even uh, scored yet in the NBA. A little bit too much too early, or do you say to yourself he has the potential to be that?
7: Both. Too much too early. He has a potential. Potential is like I've been in draft rooms and when. Uh, scouts start throwing, throwing around the word potential. That's dangerous, right? Because it could be great, could be average, or could be terrible. So I've seen them play. I've talked to a lot of people. Uh, I've talked to people like I've in my 40 years or, or whatever it is of basketball, NBA, overseas, everywhere, playing and coaching. I've only seen a, a, a few, I guess, call them freaks, right? Like a freak is like somebody you, you, you not like everybody else, so Will Chamberlain, right? Um uh, Benoit Benjamin. I <laughs> know uh, LeBron, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah, 280, Jumps out of the gym is a freak, right? Michael Jordan's not a freak. Larry Bird's not a freak. Magic Johnson's not a freak. Kareem maybe a little bit, you know, because they're uh, you know mm-hmm. Joker is not a freak, you know. Hell, he looks like me.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
7: But when Biame is. A freak. He's seven, three and a half without shoes, seven, five with shoes, eight foot arm span, uh, great timing, good shot blocker, really, really skinny, looks like a stick figure, uh, can shoot threes, uh, very poor rebounder, in my opinion, not a low post player, gets pushed around. He's going to take his beatings in the first he's year. He's got
3: three point range.
7: Yes, for sure. NBA. Yeah. I uh, think
4: that's the biggest thing about yeah. him, right? He can shoot from anywhere and he's seven foot five. Yeah. But you'd like. Greg Popovich obviously did not retire to coach this guy. Absolutely. People were saying he could be one of the greats. I've heard he's ready to go immediately. You're a little more skeptical. You don't even think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Absolutely not. That, that, that's a colossal I mean, failure if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, considering the buzz,
7: right? I don't think that. Dirk Nowitzki didn't win Rookie of the Year. But
4: does that defeat the purpose of Popovich p- perhaps coming out of retirement then?
7: Well, he just, how, is he, he going to stay
4: around another five, six, seven he years? He just signed
7: a four-year deal, right?
4: Was that
3: another
7: four years? Absolutely. Yeah, he just signed a four years. Yeah, but he's going to need help.
3: I mean, the San Antonio
7: Spurs. No, of course. Yeah, but he needs help. Yeah, but he. You got to have patience. he going to struggle. He's going to struggle with the physicality. physicality he's going to struggle yeah. with the eighty-two games. He's going to struggle with the uh, with the, the speed uh, travel. Of the he's going to struggle with all of that. Uh, he's going to struggle. I mean, I tell people like I, I I coached in Dallas when Dirk was MVP and. You know, his first year, people laughed at him and laughed at the Mavericks. So you're going to have to have patience. He's going to have games where he has 28 and 14 rebounds and five block shots. And he's going to have games where he has seven points, two rebounds, and two block shots. So, uh, but is he capable? One thing he's going to do next year, like people don't understand, right? He's going to block shots. He's going to be top five. You can bet on this top five shot blocker in the NBA next year because he can block shots. He's long. He's got mobility, athleticism. But here's he go- the
3: difference to me. Um, and to me, this is the difference between him. And, and I go up, this is, I, again, I'm just making my prediction. The difference between him being one of the best to ever play the game and him being a top 100 player. I, I believe he needs to bulk up. Because there's, there's only you can only be so good by scoring on the perimeter. You have if he's going to be one of the best ever, you're going to have to find a way to score with your back to the basket. He's 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 certainly tall enough, but he needs to bulk up because he, he ha- he's going to have problems getting into he, that
7: right position. He will though, automatically. I, I was I was 200 pounds, six eleven in high school. I was 240, seven foot in college. I played at 260 or 270, and I didn't purposely try to bulk up. He's going to bulk up somewhat, but not like I did. But, I mean, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, you know, look at their legs. That's what his legs look at. So, he will naturally bulk up, but that's not his concern, I don't think. I think it's going to happen. Uh, He just has to have patience. And he's in the right spot with Popovich, San Antonio, small market, and he's got Tim Duncan, on the staff and david robinson lives in san antonio and so they're not going to push him that hard they're going to encourage him when he's going to have games where he's terrible right he'll people are going to pay a lot of money to go see him on the road and he's going to be terrible and they're going to laugh say i wasted my money but eventually i believe you know he can be impactful at least in one of the top 50 Potentially, oh. but you're talking about 15 years from now. I mean, 15 years from now, who knows what's... I mean, there might be somebody right now who's a 7'5", a 8th grader that's going right. to come in and right. be able to do... We don't well, know I
3: know that. this. All eyes are going to be in the Thomas and Mack Center tomorrow night uh, yeah. and watching this kid. The spotlight's going to be on him. Let's talk about another guy that... Um,
7: and let's I, say, like... That's not going to freak him out because he's been in nah. the spotlight for a year. He's so been that, in the spotlight. He's ahead
3: of that game. No, nah, he's been in the spotlight. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to bother him one bit. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Um, here's a guy who was supposed to play last year, playing in an exhibition game, uh, against LeBron James and, uh, gets hurt. Uh, watched him play for Gonzaga. I watched him play in person here because, as you know, the West Coast Conference tournament's here and Gonzaga played even Duke. I believe it was the Duke game here, which was one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen. Um, similar body type. Very yes. skinny, yes. can shoot. I just don't see Chet Holmgren being the guy with the speed or agility to be the. Uh, 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 people are saying, "Oh, he's going to be an NBA All Star." I don't see this guy ever being an NBA All Star. That's just my personal opinion. Could is he a guy that can average a double double in his career? Sure, that's possible. I just don't see him having that explosiveness. And I feel like if, if you're going to be an NBA All-Star at that size, you have to be able to score after, off, dri- off the dribble. I just don't think he, he has the footwork. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I'm just not a Chet
7: Holmgren guy. Have you seen him play? Like, I have. No, like this week. I have not. Mo no, loves yeah. him right now. No, I, I I think, like, I've watched him. I've watched, the, he's in summer league right now in Utah. So I'm wrong. And, and he, <laughs> yeah, so, but he. He picked him off air to be rookie yeah. of the year this year. Did you really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, wow,
3: yeah. me and Mo. So, yeah. Me and Mo going at it right so, now. So,
7: so watch, so. His if,
3: legs are like toothpicks, Mo. So
7: are Mambiamba. Um, so are uh, KD. So are a lot of peoples. Uh, so is uh, Mo Bamba. So, but. Uh, when you, when I watched him play, I watched him play two games now, right? The first half of the first game, he was horrible. Very, very intimidating or whatever. Then watch ESPN and watch his highlight double handed pick block. Of a guy at the top of the basket sure. was trying to dunk on him. So he did that probably five, six times. So much like Wenbiama's blocking shots, he's doing the same thing. Now bulking up, he's gonna he he gained twelve pounds this year, so he's all of two hundred and eight pounds. That's what I weighed in high school. But I think he's gonna gain that weight. Um he's aggressive, he's uh you know, he's gonna struggle, but I mean his upside. Maybe as good as Wimby Yamas. But what about what Brian was saying? Maybe. Wow. What about what Brian was saying offensively? Uh, I saw him drive, spin move, layup with his left hand, uh, pull up between his legs, jump shot, hit a three. Uh, Again, they're not post-up guys. So OKC could be a real – do you think they could be a contender this year in the West? I, I think they're very talented. They proved people wrong last year a little bit, but they're too young. They're not going to be a contender. They're just too young, but and they got like eight hundred draft picks. But but I think they're going to be. They could be the Sacramento Kings of this of this, uh, next year. That going go. think. But you think Holmgren has the ability
3: to one day be an NBA All Star? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Was Sean, yeah, was Sean
7: Bradley an All Star? I disagree. Was Sean Bradley an All Star? Yes, he was. I mean, he was. He that was that guy. That
3: guy. How tall was Sean Bradley? Seven seven or something. Seven four. Lay down the
4: bet now.
7: Yeah,
3: we're in Vegas. Yeah. I don't think. Hull, I don't think he will. I don't think uh, he's good enough. Five he, years. He, Give he's got. Five he's years. got
7: as good a chance as Juan for sure. Boy, I just think
3: Juan has got more athleticism.
7: Yeah, but I, they're the same kind of skill set. I, I
3: mean, also have an issue with Holmgren playing in the West Coast Conference. He had zero competition. Zero competition. And then when he plays against a team like Duke. All of a sudden, he has a bad game, um, and I get it. Great highlights in NBA Summer League. I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's summer league, I know. okay. Let's let's but, wait. And I'm not looking at,
7: And I'm not looking for. I'm looking at that type of play against what that he, he's going to do against a non NBA guy. Right, might be a 12th guy, but the fact that a six eight guy. Two thirty is going to dunk on him, and he doesn't wither around. He goes and pins it on the backboard. With I two get hands. it.
3: I'm going to wait and see until we see some NBA regular season basketball yeah, totally. against some quality against some quality big men, and <laughs> I think Holmgren is going to struggle. And I don't think he's just yeah, going of to of course str- he is. But I don't think they he's just are. going to struggle this year. I uh, think he's going to struggle until I he bulks up. That. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Will yeah,
4: we'll we'll see. <laughs> and Chet be an All Star within five years? What's that? Would. Will either Webb and Yana or Chet Holger be an all-star within five years? Could be. Pa- um, so
3: it's uh, possible. I think Webb and I mean, Yana ha- has I mean, a, a better better chance. He
4: has to be. He's or this, at- or pro- this is a pro- failure. Probably. Yeah.
3: probably. More upside, more athletic, more mm. physical, faster off the dribble. Uh, <laughs> uh, that- you disagree?
7: I, I think you have. I think you. You think I'm biased. I, I think you've been uh, media biased with <laughs> all these people <laughs> thinking he's the next next greatest thing. I've seen him, and I know.
3: I'm not saying he's the next greatest yeah. thing,
7: but I think he has the ability to to one day be an NBA All Star. Sure. So yeah. does Chet Holgram for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think I it's mean, over- hmm. overrated. Overrated yeah. a little could, bit. But or they could be. They could never make an All Star game. Right. I mean, hell, I I heard someone. Uh, well, God, I forgot Sean Bradley was an yeah. All Star. <laughs> I heard uh, someone <laughs> on ESPN today. Um, I uh, can't remember who uh, say that he his money is that when is going to be an all star this year, that's a joke. That's not going to happen. That's a joke. So yeah. who's he going to beat out? The joke. He's going to be the he's, he's going to be, be out AD. Absurd. Be, that's absurd.
3: That's absurd. He's going to be the rookie of the year, but he's not going to be an all star. Uh,
7: I, I, I think the reason he might be rookie is here because of playing time. Because mm-hmm. he's going to be on the floor. Spurs are going to use. Well, him. the Spurs aren't very good. That's why.
4: Yeah, I, I I've, I've never heard media behave like they are towards any player since LeBron oh, James. Oh, well, hold
3: on. Remember Harold, a guy by the
4: name of Harold Miner? They yeah, were calling
3: they... him Baby Jordan. He was going to be the next Michael Jordan. He wasn't
4: even close.
3: Did you
4: get more publicity than this guy? When His security got hit Britney Spears last night because she wanted a
7: photo. That is true. Yeah. I'll give you a name. Zion. Zion was the same. He was the same thing. He was the savior of the NBA. If this
4: guy's not a 10-time All-Star, nearly feels like a failure. I Maybe. know that that's not yeah. logical, but in the way people are carrying on. So,
3: Zion's a failure right now, right? Zion yes. ruined I mean, in his legacy red, mini blackout here. Maybe because it's one hundred and forty degrees outside.
7: <laughs> I, yeah, probably. I,
3: I don't know. <laughs> Mo, do you think you could go one on one right now outside? Nope, I can go one on one anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> one hundred and forty degrees here's outside. A cu-
7: here's a couple names that I'm interested in seeing this weekend too. Yes, is the Thompson twins. Right, the, the Yes. four yes. and five, mm-hmm. uh, they they played in the, the uh, in Atlanta. So we're going to see if they can play at the pro level. That's really interesting to me. And uh, Grady Dick uh, from Ku. Uh, who I thought dropped in the draft of 13, a really knockdown shooter. I'm interested to see how he steps up. So there's some great stories. It's, gra- it's the this. best name in basketball, by the way, Grady Dick.
3: That is the greatest name in basketball. Give me some other names, Mo, that you, uh, you
7: like. Well, I think, um, you know, those two twins I was talking about. You know who's playing in the summer league? Who? Uh, James Wiseman. He's in the league. He, wow. Well, he was with he was a first round pick for the Warriors, and they traded him to Detroit. He's going to be playing in the summer league again. So that's interesting. Here's a guy that I said sh- uh, should have played last year, Nikola uh, Jokic, who is a six eleven. He's playing for Miami. It's about two fifty. Miami's brought in about three guys that are seven foot two sixty to see if they can guard Joker because they got abused in the playoffs. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Scoot Henderson. Uh, Another guy that's one of the favorites to win uh, Rookie of the Year. Really strong, goes to the basket, uh, good finisher, uh, average defender, uh, and his shooting is suspect. So it's interesting to see how he's going to step up. He's kind of like a Westbrook.
3: Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Uh, Henderson is certainly a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Another great thing about the Summer League is all the head coaches are here, right? I mean, you'll see Pat Riley here. You'll see Spolster here. They're all here, yeah. And and, and there's there's multiple reasons for that, right? I mean, one of the reasons being is that these head coaches want to actually watch a couple guys on the roster that they have to make some very difficult decisions on, right? That's a big part of it, and you've been a part of that as well, where you had to make difficult decisions of people that are on the roster.
7: Yeah, I'm trying to – okay, so uh, Indiana is bringing in their – 26th pick, and their 55th pick. Right, they're going to play in the summer league. Isaiah Wong and uh, Ben Shepherd. They're from Miami and Belmont. They're both six six. They're both about two twenty. So that's going to be a battle of who's because. Probably Indiana has one spot for those two guys, so one of them's probably going to end up on their roster, and one of them's probably going to end up in the G League. So that's battles going on, and they want the GMs and the real coaches to be watching them because they're going to have to make that decision.
4: What are your thoughts on Brandon Millermo? Because leading up to the NCAA tournament, I thought Alabama were the best team, and I thought he was the best player, and I thought he was the clear number two pick. Putting aside the problems he had, obviously. He seriously let me down in the tournament, and now I've started second-guessing myself on that. Have and I thought Alabama were going to win the tournament, and I think it's his fault they didn't win the tournament. Do you put any stock in that?
7: Uh, a little bit more now because I want to add to that that bubble that was burst. Is, do you, do you, did you see what happened in Utah last last night? Oh, no, I don't have the latest. So he had six points, uh, three rebounds, and 12 fouls. Ha! <laughs>
3: That's true cuz in the summer league he you can't, can't foul up which
7: yeah. by the way I agree with. Yeah. He had 12 yeah. fouls. Had 12. Yeah, that's 12. 12. Yeah, he struggled to guard the pick and roll. He struggled to stay in front of his man. He's 6'9 NBA ready body with three point range. But he's really being exposed defensively because he can't. He, he has to foul people to stay in front. And that's a problem. So I'm going to be interested to see him. He's coming here and he's playing this weekend too. Because in my opinion, I told you guys this. He looks like the most NBA ready. The other thing that surprised me, I, I, I thought he was six nine. I think he's only six seven, and that's a problem too. You know, uh, sometimes you see a few
3: journeymen here and there on NBA Summer League. I remember I was watching the Clippers. Do you remember a guy by the name of Chris Kamen?
7: Sure, absolutely. The guy
3: was in the league for 11 years, (laughs) and they put him in the NBA Summer League.
7: Yeah, that's not (laughs) good. That's not good.
3: I know my personal friend Marcus Banks was not happy at the time. He was playing on the Phoenix Suns, and he was a backup point guard for a man by the name of Steve Nash. (laughs) And he had already been in the league for like seven years. And they put him in the Summer League, and he had one game, and he scored like 50 points. And then after that game, they said, okay. Okay, Marcus, you can go back home.
7: (laughs) Yeah, it it depends on your situation too now. If Marcus's contract was up, he wants to play and he wants to score 50 points because every other NBA team is there. And every NBA team can sign him. So there's different reasons, you know. And now, you know, guys like, let's say Dwight Howard, right? So he's, he's playing in, uh, in uh, shoot, Taiwan? Taiwan now. Yeah. I don't know how much he's making five hundred six hundred 600 he grand. He just got whatever. his salary cut by 60%. Did yeah, because that? that's, that's what they do over <laughs> there. Yeah. But, you know, so, you know, you got to prove yourself sometimes, even if you're a veteran player, that you can still play. There's so many eyes on you here in Vegas. I mean, you're t- talking about every NBA team, every G League team. Every best team that has a budget that can come here—Italy, Spain, yeah. uh, China—and China can offer you two, three million a year. So, so they told me
3: yesterday, Mo, because I went to the NBA Summer League yesterday to pick up my credentials because I did not want to pick them up uh, tomorrow when it's going to be a you know what show. And out there. everybody I just, standing. I just want to be able <laughs> to walk right in. So yeah. I walk in there, and you know, it's pretty quiet. And, and the lady who says uh, has this huge box of credentials, and she looks at me and she goes, "This might take me a while," and uh, she's like, "We're at capacity. We're not letting in." Anybody else, I mean, I would imagine if somebody like a Stephen A. Smith put in his credential light, they'll give him a credential. But, uh, you know, they're pretty much at capacity everywhere. And um, there's not going to be one seat available tomorrow, I don't think. Uh, It's going to be the first couple days of NBA Summer League, Friday going into the weekend. I just think it's going to be absolutely nuts. It's going to be crazy. Then things slow down a little bit, and then the tournament starts and uh, every game is on national television uh it didn't used to be that way four or five years oh, no. ago uh, every game is either on nba tv or espn and uh it's it's so that's pretty exciting so people don't have to be in vegas if you you know t- to watch uh and from a gambling aspect every game <laughs> has a gambling spread i don't know how they do I that don't know how they do uh, that. uh but Cause every,
7: they don't even know who's gonna play no
3: that's yeah. what's so weird about some of these games but There's a lot going on, and
7: uh I'm telling you, like I I listen to Warren. Warren, I've known Warren for 20, 40 years, whatever, and he, you know, like he said, he was the European guy that got you over there, Uh, and then he's been the coaches, general managers guy, and now he's running this. But uh, you know, he he said it right. I mean, I've told people this: if you're a basketball fan, for 40 bucks, you can see. 12 games, 10 games. Pretty cool. And Can walk around know. and like you said, this game is terrible. Let me walk across the concourse and right. see the other game.
3: It's unbelievable. It's fun. Uh Warren's uh one of Warren's first players that he was an agent to was the late Great Drazin Petrovic. Yeah. Um and uh we we've had some private conversations about that and how difficult that day was when he learned of Drazin oh, losing his life, terrible. which was horrible. Um, but, uh, now, uh, now, uh, we see Warren, uh, the last several years, really, he just represents coaches and assistant coaches, um, and, and general managers and general
7: managers and so head of player personnel. He does very well. <laughs> he represents front office. He's
3: done mean. very well for himself, but you couldn't, uh, in my personal opinion, you couldn't have found a better guy to run this league. Oh, the, no, the guy yeah. just, the guy just has, has been phenomenal. And,
7: uh, he, 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 he and his partner, I can't remember his name, saved the league. I remember I was coaching in, uh, Charlotte. And the talk was there's not going to be a Vegas Summer League anymore. And and it, they saved it, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's turned into something very, very special. Oh, crazy. And
3: uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know you're going to be hanging out there tomorrow for a little bit, right?
7: Yeah, I'm going to uh, – Chris Finch is a good friend of mine. He's head coach of Minnesota, so we're going to watch them play at 1 o'clock. And not then, to be confused with Bill Fitch. No. The former coach. No.
1: Oh, okay. I, I don't think he's <laughs> lying. Yeah. So I'm
7: going to watch that game and uh, – uh uh Pace Mannion I don't know if you remember him he played for the Bucks he played with me his son Nico 25 30 years ago Yeah yeah probably <laughs> his son Nico is playing with the Bucks he son Nico was drafted in the second round by Golden State played for Golden State and then was put down in the G League back and forth and decided to take his uh, uh talents overseas he played in Italy last year they won one of the cups and now he's back trying to make it uh the uh the Bucks or any NBA team and he's a He's a guard that's very, very good. And There's so many stories yeah. like that. I mean, he, yeah. he's, still, he's only 22 years old, 23. He came out early. So, you know, it's, all those stories are out there, so I'm going to get a chance to catch up with Pace's dad and watch him play.
3: I remember the finals of the NBA Summer League last year. I was sitting right next to Alan Houston for the whole game. Mm-hmm. Nicest guy in the world. Well, class guy right Arguably yeah. one of the best mid-range shooters oh. ever in the history of basketball. You want to talk about the sweetest stroke. And when he was in his prime, playing for the Knicks, he was a fun player to watch, uh, and and you just you just rub shoulders with guys like that, and it's and it's so cool, man, and and that's what I'm looking forward to, you know, because I I'm a I'm a basketball purist, I love the game, and and yeah, I, I mean, followed it like, my
7: whole life. I'm gonna throw like name dropper like Jack Sikma, Sidney Moncrief, all those guys are are, are out there walking. Yeah. You know. It's, it's so cool, man. man. Dave Cowan, I see all these guys,
3: and, yeah. and most of them cool. are limping, <laughs> either because of a hip or a knee. But especially so. for somebody like you. That played against a lot of these guys, and you have personal relationships with a lot of these guys. So oh, it's yeah. kind
7: of cool. it got to be cool for you to bunk into them. Here's the other thing. The Retired Players Association, us retired guys, have our meetings on Sunday and Monday, yep. and we'll be going as a group to the to the games on Monday. So, you know, a lot of old players, new players, and young hopeful players.
3: Well, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and I can't wait for it. Mo, always a pleasure. Uh, we're going to have some lunch at Arizona Charlie's and, and see if we could get some free play. So That's nice. right, baby. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Paul, always a pleasure having <laughs> you in, my friend. Uh, appreciate it, as always. Guy, we'll see you tomorrow. Guy, I hate to drag you out to Sapphire tomorrow. But, he hates that. Uh,
4: you owe yeah. me. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: sorry. Things I do <laughs> yeah. for them, right? It's crazy. I I Sac- it's called sacrifice. I know. No, I hate it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with some very special celebrity guests at Sapphire. Have a great day.